How's it going? All right. I wasn't sure if I was going to get an intro or not. Um, well, I'm glad that you're here. As you can see, Pastor is, is not here. And uh, he's in Rwanda. So uh, good morning and thank you for coming. I'm Brother Roe, just filling in. And uh, this is my uh, second time preaching the main service. And so, uh, you know, when somebody asks me the first time to preach, it's always a blessing. Uh, when they ask me a second time, we know that that's a miracle. Um, so uh, if you have your Bibles, you can go to Luke chapter number 11. Uh, you guys are used to, on Sunday morning, like Brick 29, fancy steak dinner. And hopefully this morning, I mean, you're probably going to, the best you'll get is like a crusty Hot Pocket. It's probably the best you're going to get this morning. But pray for Pastor while he's gone. And Pastor's scheduled to come back. If you, you, if you don't have a Bible, you can look it up on your phone. Uh, we'll be using, uh, we'll be preaching from the King James this morning. So you can look up KJV, Luke chapter 11, and we're going to just look uh, verses 1 through 4. <laughs> while you're going there, and uh, don't do this, please, while I'm preaching, hopefully. Um, but if you could do this, uh, I, I, this isn't Pastor's idea or Cole's idea, it's my idea. Uh, so hopefully this is okay, what I'm about to say. I guess, I mean, if not, I'm going to get in trouble. Um, <laughs> but I looked at our church uh, website, I looked it up on Google, and we only have 11 reviews for the whole church. And so when people uh, nowadays, when they're looking for a church, sometimes they'll type in church near me. It would be nice. Our goal would be to get 100 five-star reviews before the end of the day. So if you're going to give a four-star, don't give nothing, all right? And if you're going to give a one-star, get out! Um, we don't want you anyway! Um, around these parts. Um, but... If God's been a blessing to you here and you consider this your church home, you could just be a blessing by giving this church a five-star review on Google. And it would be a blessing if we could get up to 100 five-star reviews. Because I believe there's a lot of people who believe this, our church is a five-star church. Can I get amen? amen? So if you remember, don't start doing that when I'm preaching. Like, How do I get this thing to work, honey? I mean, just, you know. But if you could do that, that'd be great. If we look by the end of the day, we had 100 five-star reviews, that'd be great. Um, I appreciate your prayers for me while I preach. Uh, I heard a story recently of a guy who walked up to a preacher that he respected, and he said, hey, could you do me a favor, preacher? Ooh, watch out. That was intentional, I promise. And so uh, he's like, could you do me a favor, preacher? He said, uh, could you pray for my hearing? So the preacher said, absolutely. He had compassion on him. He put his hand over his ears, and he said, oh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The one who created the heavens and earth, heal this man, open up his ears. You created the blind and the seeing and the deaf, and I pray you would heal his hearing and help him. And he asked in, in Jesus' name, he took his hands off, and he said, how's your hearing now? And the man said, well, it's not till Thursday, so I don't know. <laughs> so, all right. <coughs> so, we... All right, Luke chapter number 11, Luke chapter number 11, we'll go ahead and get started in verse 1. I'm thankful for the word this morning. Luke chapter 11, verse number 1, and we've been going over red letter living. These, you might have a Bible that has uh, Jesus' words in red, 
And so that's the series that Pastor's been going through. And so uh, this is the text that he, he gave me. So we're going to preach out of this. Luke chapter number 11, verse number 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was praying, talking about Jesus. So watch what's happening. It came to pass that as Jesus was praying, here he is, he's praying in a certain place. When he ceased, when, when Jesus stopped praying, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, well, let's, let's look at that for a little bit. So I want you to picture yourself there, and these guys that were Jesus' disciples, they saw things that nobody else has ever seen or will ever see on earth. Uh, they didn't have YouTube or TV, but they got to see Jesus live, right? And they saw Jesus walk on water in front of them. We hear about it, but they watched it. They watched Jesus uh, heal people who were blind from birth or couldn't walk. Um, they saw Jesus cast devils out of people. And so... After seeing all of those things and walking with Jesus and hearing him preach, the greatest preacher that ever lived, and they were alive for it, one of the disciples, after hearing Jesus pray, he didn't say, Jesus, teach us to preach. He didn't say, Jesus, teach us to do miracles and to walk on water. He didn't say, Jesus, teach us to feed the 5,000. He said, Jesus, he didn't even say, teach me to pray. He said, could you teach us to pray? And so that's been my prayer this week. It's not just that God would teach me to pray, but that he would teach us to pray. They were, they were familiar that John the Baptist taught his disciples how to pray, and they're like, Lord, if... John taught his disciples how to pray. Can you, after seeing all of that, when they heard Jesus pray, his prayers in, made a greater impression on this disciple than the miracles. Than on his preaching. And he said, could you teach us? Teach us how to pray? So that, I pray that that would be your prayer this morning. That God would not just teach you how to pray, but teach us as a church how to pray. And so uh, that's actually <clears throat> what, what I wanted to do this morning is um, I want to get through these things quickly and make a few comments about the passage. Um, but what I'd like to do is at the end, <clears throat> I'm going to try to get through this quickly, to take a few minutes as a church for all of us to pray. Because when we read this prayer, it is, it's not, it doesn't say my father. It says our father. Right? We, we bless your name, you know, hallowed be your name. We pray for your kingdom to come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he's like, give us. Not just give me, right, but give us this day our daily bread. And, and forgive us. Right? Isn't that what it says? And they would do that in the Old Testament. They wouldn't just confess their own sins. They would consist, confess the sins of their father, if you read that in Nehemiah. And so, and then he's like, you know, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us 
And so I, I would, more important um, than hearing me talk about praying, right, would be for us to actually talk to God. Because Jesus said, my house isn't supposed to be called, you know, a house of merchandise, but it's supposed to be called a house of prayer, right? And so uh, this should be even more than preaching and even more than singing. And thank God for those things. It should be a place where we can come and we can pray. And so... Um, uh, it, now, listen, if you're a visitor here, uh, you know, that might send off awkward flags <laughs> to you. And so uh, we just want to thank you for coming. We don't want you to feel any pressure with that. It takes a lot of courage to visit a church for the first time because that's awkward, right? So let's give all of the visitors uh, a round of applause if we could, all right? Thank you guys for coming. Uh, and so maybe you're in here, you're a visitor, and so... You don't have to, to do that. Uh, maybe if you're here and you're uh, a skeptic and you're not really sure what you believe yet, uh, when we pray, uh, instead of feeling awkward, maybe you could just pray, you know, God, I'm not sure about all these things and I have a lot of questions. Maybe you come out of a religious background and you're just trying to figure things out. Maybe you come from a, uh, maybe a, uh, you think that uh, you reason things out and need information. Uh, and that's okay. Wherever you're at, I've, I've been there before. I've been in a church where it kind of wasn't my thing yet. So maybe you could just pray as we're praying, you know, God, if this is true, I pray you would show me and you would open my eyes and open my heart to this because if this is true, I want to know, right? Because there's a difference between an honest skeptic and a dishonest skeptic, right? A dishonest skeptic doesn't want to know the truth, right? And an honest skeptic maybe just hasn't got the information yet, okay? So, uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and let's look at this passage here. And so uh, if you have your bulletin with the fill in the blank stuff there, um, Jesus gave instructions when asked to teach his disciples how to pray on, and what he did, he says in verse 2, he said unto them, when you pray, say. So he tells them what to say. And what I want you to notice that there's one thought that permeates this whole passage uh, and the message at least that I'm preaching this morning, it would be this, is our view on God as we pray is just as important as the words that we say, right? There was a little boy, and he was praying, and he got down on his knees, and he was like, God, bless grandmom and granddad and, and mommy and daddy, and bless uh, my brothers and sisters, and help it be a good day. And help me get a tablet for my birthday. <laughs> so the mom comes in. She says, honey, what are you doing? Like, when you, were, were you praying? He said, yeah. Well, you don't have to scream when you pray. God can hear you. And so the little boy said, oh, I know God can hear me, but grandma's the one with the money. Her hearing's not that good. <laughs> and she's in the other room, right? <laughs> and I think... A lot of us are like that little boy that when we pray, one of the problems is we're not actually talking to God. And that's why prayer gets boring to some people. I think there's a difference between saying prayers and praying. So when Jesus says, when you pray, say this, he's not saying this is a magic spell, right? Actually, it's better than a magic spell. Can I get an amen? He's not just saying we have robotic prayers 
where we just say the word and we pray in vain repetition. When I was a little kid, I was, I was raised in a church where uh, we would confess our sins to a priest. And um, then he would say, go say 10 Our Fathers and 10 Hail Marys. And so I was like, you know, trying to find a shortcut. So I'd be like this. Our Father, 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 who art in heaven, who art in heaven, who art in heaven. I'll, you know, so, <laughs> and that's how we pray. But sometimes when you listen to other people pray, I feel like they're talking more to the people who are there than, than they are talking to God. And we've all been guilty of that. And so if there's one main thought that I want you to get when you pray is get this thought, okay, is to turn off your ringtones, number one. No, no, it's all good. Um, the one main thought would be this. <laughs> when I pray, I am talking directly to the Lord. When Moses hid that Egyptian after he killed him, he looked this way and that, didn't he? But you know which way he didn't look? He didn't look up. And so many of us are so worried about what everybody else is thinking. And what God wants us to do is he wants us to look up when we pray. So what if we prayed as a church today and we actually imagined, we actually don't have to, we just talked to God like he was listening because he is. Just that thought alone, if you would pray and talk to God, that would change your prayer life. Like, I'm talking to God, right? And so, <clears throat> I feel like a lot of times when we pray, we pray robotic prayers. I, I think it was John Bunyan who said, it's better when you pray that your heart be without words than your words be without heart. And so maybe you're like me. Sometimes I catch myself saying these generic prayers. Oh, God, bless my family. Bless my kids. And you just, right? And so let's make sure we're actually talking to God. We're not just saying the right things. And I feel like sometimes, well, not just that, that we should pray with our heart and talk to God. These are just little introductory remarks. But <clears throat> I feel like we should probably be a little bit more consistent in prayer. Wouldn't you agree? How many would be honest that I could probably do a little bit better in my prayer life? Raise your hand. All right? Now you got, so they did this study at this seminary where people go to Bible school to be pastors and uh, missionaries, and they surveyed a hundred of these people in seminary, and they asked them, how many of you, or would you consider that you have a vibrant prayer life? And six out of a hundred said that they had a vibrant, they would say that they had a vibrant prayer life. Now, these are supposed to be like the special ops. These are supposed to be, you know, God's best. And they, a vibrant prayer life was considered praying more than five minutes a day. And so I know we come to church and we like have a form of godliness, but a lot of times we deny the power thereof, right, according to the Bible. And if we would just be honest, we probably do not pray as much as we should. Would you say amen to that? I mean, 6% we're praying over five minutes a day. And I think we read, and I think we do ministry, and I think we serve, and I think we give. But I think sometimes the prayer is, is a little lacking. And we've all been guilty of that. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to help you get out of that. So, and we're supposed to pray for others. 
So we look at this little thing here, FKPD. Somebody say FKPD. All right, so let's look at this, and this is going to help us refocus on who we're talking to as we pray. We're going to look at four things here. So um, let's go ahead and read the rest of the passage. Verse 2, and he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, thank you that you are my Father. And I just pray, God, that I know that you're on the throne. And I pray that you would give grace and mercy to help in time of need today. And that people would hear another voice today. You said, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. So I pray you would help your people. You said, if I love you, I'd feed your sheep. So God, I do love you. So I pray you would enable me to give them what I cannot. But use that supernatural foolishness that you chose called preaching to help people who are not saved yet. And for those people, uh, God, who are your people, give them something so that we would be taught to pray from you today. And I pray this and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> So the first thing that I want you to say when you pray, it's FKPD. Somebody say FKPD. FKPD. The first one would be this uh, on the slides up here. God, you are my father. I want to honor your name. And that's what he says at the beginning. Our father who art in heaven, you know, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, let me say this about God. God's name, where he says, hallowed be thy name, uh, is to be praised when he says, hallowed be thy name, right? And I don't think people understand praise because praise, the commandment to praise is given more than any other commandment in the entire Bible, is to praise the Lord. And the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 15, here's what praise is. A lot of people don't know what it is, but it says, let us therefore offer continually the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto his name. Amen? So praise, you can worship inwardly, but you can't praise inwardly. It has to be done audibly. Amen? Praise is something we do with our mouth. And so a lot of people don't understand there's a difference between praise and thanksgiving. We praise God for who he is. Amen? Like his attributes, we praise his name. The Lord's name is to be praised, the Bible says, okay? But we thank him for what he's done, amen? So we praise him for who he is, but we thank him for what he's done. And so God wants to hear that from you. He doesn't want you just to think it. He wants you to say it. God wants to hear the fruit of your lips. In Exodus chapter 17, uh, Moses and the children of Israel were fighting a country, uh, a people called Amalek. Amalek had some people, and they came against the children of Israel after they had crossed the Red Sea, and they had to go to battle against Amalek. And Moses went on top of the mount uh, with the rod of God that he had used, that God had used to part the Red Sea. 
And Moses told Joshua, he said, listen, you go battle Amalek, right? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold my arms up with this rod. And the Bible says when Moses lifted up his hands and held up that rod, then God's people prevailed. But when his arms got tired and he lowered it, then the people of Amalek prevailed in the battle. So what these two men, Aaron and Hur, did, Aaron was his brother, Hur was one of the other guys, they, they, got, a, they got a rock because Moses had his hands full, amen? And they put a stone under him and he sat down, and when his hands got weary, they would hold up his hands. Now, what is that? That is a picture of the New Testament. 1 Timothy 2.8 says, I will that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. You see, when Moses lifted up his hands physically, God released the victory spiritually. And when we obey God physically, there is a release from God spiritually. Can I get an amen? Jesus says when you get in your closet and you get by yourself physically, Your father, which sees you doing that physically, will reward you openly. When we fast in secret, not to be seen of men, but to be seen of God, God says when you fast in secret, physically, you obey, not if you fast, but when you fast. Not if you pray, but when you pray. That's what the Bible says. Amen? Can I get a witness up in here? I thought this was a Baptist church. Can I get a witness? All right. (laughs) And so here's what he said. When you do these things physically, there will be a release spiritually. There will be a blessing when you get your blessed assurance in church. When you get up physically and you show up, oftentimes God will release something to you spiritually that you couldn't get when you were a lover of the covers. Can I get amen? Amen. All right. And so when we praise God, that is audible, that is physical, that is something that we do The Bible says that God inhabits the praise of Israel. God inhabits the praises of his people. And when we pray, we are to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Can I get amen? Amen. So all of our prayers should not just be inward, but like the psalmist says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my strength. I'm going to say it. Now, some of you, that feels uncomfortable. But you know what's crazy? The Bible says the dead praise not the Lord last time I checked. That's a Bible verse. <laughs> I didn't even write it. I didn't, go, I, didn't fly, I didn't come into your room and put that, wrote that down while you were asleep last night. It's in your Bible. <laughs> and so, so here's the thing. Let me say this. Some people in here, you may be thankful to the Lord. There are people in here who might have even said to somebody, man, I am thankful that God has done this. I'm very thankful. But there are people in here who have never, one time in their life, thanked God out loud to God. And there are people in here who have never, one time in their life, praised God just to God. Isn't that crazy? But that's how we're supposed to pray. So when we pray, say this. God, you are my father. And I want to honor your name. I'm going to praise the fact that you're my father. 
Not only are you my father, you're my shepherd. Lord, Psalm 23 says you are my shepherd. And I'm not going to want because you're my shepherd. And you're going to restore my soul. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil because you are with me. That's what your word says. And this is my best, this is my favorite part. And I can be sure, surely, I can be guaranteed, surely, goodness and mercy are going to follow me. When? All the days of my life. And I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So God, you promised I can be sure that there's going to be goodness and mercy and they're right behind me all the days of this life. But it's not just this life. I'm going to dwell in your house forever. You're going to be with me forever. Isn't that a blessing? And that's how we pray to the Lord. God, you are my helper. That I might say, that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. God, you are my helper. I shall not fear what man can do unto me. God, you're going to help me with, and you fill in the blank. But we start with praise because our perspective of God is just as important as the things that we're asking for. Can I get amen? God, you are my father. God's name is to be praised. (laughs) And not only that, but in your bulletin, God's name is to be prized. P-R-I-Z-E-D. What does that mean? God, you are my father. Last time I checked... Kids take the name of their father. I'm a Christian. And so, Father, I want to honor your name. Now that I've taken you, I've been adopted into your family. None of us are born saved. How many of y'all knew that? Say amen. amen. You gotta get born again, Jesus said. Amen. And then he puts you into his family. And so now that God has chosen me to put, to adopted me, and I can say, Abba, I can say, Daddy, right? Because a lot of us, we don't, we, we relate to God like we relate to our dads. And how are our dads? Our dads were like this. <coughs> All right, be good and leave me alone. Stay out of my way. And we think God's like that. God ain't like that. God wants to hear from you. He's not just wanting you to sit with your hands folded and, Doing your P's and Q's. He wants to talk to you. He wants to hear your voice. And so, God's our Father. God, you're my Father. And I want to honor your name. You know what the Bible says if you're a Christian? 2 Timothy 2.19 says this. Nevertheless, the the foundation of God standeth sure. And let every... The Lord knows them that are His. God knows who's His. And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So what does that mean? God, I want to honor your name. I'm your child. I've taken on your name. I'm going to praise your name. I'm going to prize your name. I'm going to vow. I want to represent you well. I'm not going to say I'm a Christian and stay in sin. And prayer helps us to come out of that. Does that make sense? If you're going to name the name of Christ, don't dishonor the name of the Father by saying, I'm a Christian, right? And then living like you are not. And that's what that verse, it let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And so God's name is to be prized. Does that make sense? If it does, say amen. amen. Father, I am your child. 
I want to honor your name. Everybody say FKPD. All right, that was close enough. I think I heard like a QPRSTUV or something. <laughs> God, you are my father, number one. Number two, God, you are my king. You rule over everything. Look at verse two again. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so on earth. God, you are my king. You rule over everything. God's over my enemies, my circumstances, and he should be over my will. God, I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done. God, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not physical. It's not tangible. God's kingdom is not us using God as a way to uh, fulfill our materialism. We're not trying to build our own kingdom. We're trying to build his. Can I get a witness on that? Amen. God didn't just put us here to gather stuff, but to, to build his kingdom. And so, God, you are my king. You rule over everything. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.16, let us, therefore, his kids, not only are you my father, but my father's the king. Amen? And because my father's the king, we, as a church and as individuals, can go boldly to the throne of grace that we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Aren't you glad your father's the king? Last time I checked, there ain't nobody who can throw him off either. Amen? He's going to be on the throne. He's never been thrown off, and he never will be thrown off the throne. Our God's on the throne. God, you are my father. You are the king. You're king over my enemies. You're king over my trials. You're king over my storm. You know, the Bible says this, that we're looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our king, we want our king to come back, right? Just like it is in heaven, we want him to come back physically. We believe that he's going to eventually. Amen? I'm looking forward to that. But he says, I write unto you that we don't sorrow as others which have no hope. Right? You know that verse, Miss Sheila? So we sorrow, but when we sorrow, we don't sorrow like others who don't have any hope. Now, when the Bible says hope, it's not like we use hope. It's like, I hope I win the lottery. I hope my boss don't catch me being late to work. That's what we say. But when we hope is, the, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When the Bible talks about hope, it's not talking about, man, I hope maybe this happens. It's like our blessed hope. Amen. It's guaranteed to happen. Amen. It just hasn't happened yet. So the hope that we have is not something that we think, oh, that maybe this will happen. It's going to happen, amen? It just hasn't happened yet. And everyone that has his hope in him, the Bible says, purifieth himself as he also was pure. God, you are my father. You are my king. I want you to rule over my life and over everything. FKPD. Say FKPD. God, you are my father. And as my father, you are my king and you are on the throne. I want to represent you well. And you're over everything in my life. You're over my circumstances. You're over my enemies. And I want you to rule over me. And then number three, God, you are my provider. I rely on you daily for everything. Look what verse three says. 
Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we forgive everyone that has indebted us. God is our only source for both the temporal and physical needs. We all rely on God daily for our health. Did you know that? For our safety, the Bible says the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. God will keep you, God will keep you safer than your seatbelt, amen? Ain't nothing wrong with seatbelts, but God's the one who keeps us safe. God is the provider of everything physical that we need. God provides our food. God provides our finances. What do you need God to do? God, you are my father, and you are the king. And as my father, the king, I'm trusting you to provide for me the things that I need today. And I'm relying on you every single day. For everything. And that's what prayer is, is us we're relying upon God. We're relying on God to do those things. We started a business and um, the greatest marketing tool that we have isn't Facebook ads or newspaper inserts. Our greatest marketing tool is prayer. Brother, there's been times where we had a slow day. And I'd pray, and then God, some, God would send one person, and they fix the whole day. Yeah, he could do. Yeah, he could, he's got a cattle on a thousand hills, right? Yeah, he's the king. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you need. But our God's rich in mercy, and he's slow to anger. It's of the Lord's mercies, the Bible says, that we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're new, how often? Every morning. As great is thy faithfulness, the Bible says. God is compassionate. God is merciful. God is faithful. God is faithful. You know what? Faith, I, I say this all the time. If a man's faithful to his wife 364 days out of the year, is he faithful? So what does faithful mean? It means every time. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. It means every time to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. <clears throat> God doesn't just forgive us, uh, or God doesn't just provide for us physically, but God provides for us spiritually. Look what he says. And forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone that is indebted to us. So what does God provide? He doesn't just provide for us day by day or daily bread. But did you know that God is the only source of forgiveness? Now, like, if you, like, run into my car, it's probably going to make yours look worse. <clears throat> but I can forgive you for that. But I can't forgive you for the things that you've done in your life. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not the judge. Does that make sense? Now, I can't take care of everybody's stuff. and You can't either. There's only one person who can forgive, who can provide forgiveness. And that's the Lord. The Bible says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we get forgiveness. It says, in the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son cleanses us from all sin. The Bible says, through this man is preached unto you, Jesus, the forgiveness of sins. 
And so do you remember the story of Abraham and Isaac where God says, I want you to take your only son and I want you to take him up to one of the mountains I'm going to show you. And I want you to offer him for a burnt offering. I want you to kill your son and set him on fire. Now, the heathen people were doing that stuff back in the day. So Abraham says, okay. So he take, God tells him to do it. <laughs> he takes his son up there and he gets the fire and he gets the knife and he gets the wood for the burnt offering. And he takes his son up to the, to the mountain <laughs> and he's like, okay, dad, we got everything that we need. But where's, where's the sacrifice? Where's the lamb for the, where's the burnt offering? And Abraham looked at his, his son, Isaac, and he said, he was thinking that it was him. But he had faith and he said, my son, God, listen to this, will provide himself a lamb. God's going to provide the burnt offering. And so he puts his son on the altar. He binds him up. He's about to, he's about to kill his son. And an angel comes and says, Abraham, wait. Now I know that you fear God. You don't have to kill your son. And he looks over. And in the thorns, you know what was sitting in there? It was a ram. And there was, God provided a substitute for Isaac with the ram. And he pulled the ram out through the thorns. And the thorns probably cut his brow. But Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb. He didn't say God will provide himself a ram. And so what Abraham, whether or not he knew, I don't know, but I'll tell you this. God kept, listen, God did what Abraham said. He did provide himself a lamb. And so 2,000 years ago, God provided himself as the lamb. Not the Passover lamb year after year that could never take away sin, but Jesus showed up, God in the flesh, and he said, John the Baptist saw him, and he said, Behold, look at him, there is the Lamb of God. And that Lamb's not going to take away just this year's sins, but he's going to take away your sins and my sins. But he is going to take away the sins of the world. Amen. That's the Lamb. And Abraham called that place Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. And our God has provided forgiveness for every person he will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And here's the crazy thing. God has provided everybody in here with forgiveness. But not everybody in here is forgiven. Let me tell you three things that won't get you forgiveness. <coughs> Quickly, number one, time. Time don't forgive sins. Somebody murdered somebody 20 years ago, they get caught now, they're still in trouble. Time does not forgive sins. Number two, regret. Well, I feel really bad. Well, if there's a guy who's a, who's a rapist and he feels really bad, he ain't going to get away from the judge. That's not what... Time doesn't forgive sins, regret doesn't forgive sins. You tell you what else doesn't forgive sins? Third thing, last thing. Good works or church or religious activities. See, you can't earn forgiveness. Amen. Who can say, I have made my heart clean, I am pure from my sin? 
Nobody can say that. You can't earn forgiveness. It is for given. It's given. We don't work off our sins. Jesus was the Lamb of God that can take them away. And so it's provided. And all you got to do, it's not easy, but it's simple. The Bible says it's repentance from dead works. You stop trusting in those works that can never cover up your sin, your religious duties, all that stuff. It never gives you one, it doesn't give you forgiveness for nothing, for yelling at your dog. And you turn from it. And you say, I'm turning to the Lord Jesus Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You say, well, I believe in God. Some people believe in Jesus like they believe in Abraham Lincoln. And that's not what the Bible's talking about. God's not trying to get you. The devil's believing him. God is not trying to get you to not just not be an atheist. He wants you to put your trust that his sacrifice on the cross without any religious efforts is enough to cover up our sins because God doesn't just forgive because we say we're sorry. God forgives because Jesus paid the penalty. He was your ram. He was your substitute. He took the punishment. You say, why would God make Abraham sacrifice his son? He didn't. He sacrificed his own son for us. And that God placed a higher value on you than he did on Jesus. When he went to the cross and he offers you forgiveness and love and he gives it to you. He's provided your forgiveness. But if you got a check for a million bucks and you don't cash in, how, much, how good is it? You got a check today to be forgiven, but you got to cash it in. And you got to repent. And put your trust in Jesus and ask him to be your Lord and Savior. And he said, he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. And you ain't the worst case God's ever seen. Amen? I'll amen myself. Amen! God, you are my provider. And if you're a believer in here, listen. God's provided forgiveness for us too. Through confession. Now, we don't do it to stay safe. We do it to keep our relationship right with the Lord. He's still our Father no matter what, right? But when we're praying, we're praying, forgive us, right? As a believer, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Charles Finney used to do this. Charles Finney would preach revivals, and he would say, Here's one of the things you do if you want to have revival. Because I'm going to tell you something, church, we don't see people saved like we used to. I don't know what's happened with church. We don't, see people, we don't see people get tore up from the floor up like we used to. What's up with that, man? I like to see God do something. I like to see life change. I don't want church just to be about information. I want it to be about transformation. Amen? And it ain't because pastor. You know what it is? The old, old timers used to say this. When the saints get right, the sinners see the light. And we got to get right. Charles Finney would say, you take, get a notebook and write out your sins one by one and confess them individually to God. He said, how do I start with that? Go to Galatians 5 and look at the works of the flesh. Go to Rome, you can write that in your bulletin. Romans 1, <laughs> get alone. And Nehemiah 9, they confess their sins a fourth part of the day. 
We got these little microwave forgivenesses. Ten seconds, bing, pop, boom, good. God, you are my provider. And lastly, this, God, everybody say FKPD. God, you are my father, you are my king, you are my provider. And lastly, you are my deliverer. You are my deliverer. You alone can rescue me from evil. And think about this. Our father, the king that provides for us every day, if he'll do all that, he'll deliver us. Amen? Notice the progression. And if there's anything that stuck out about this passage, Brother Cole, it was this. Here's what it was. Ready? We stop at forgiveness. But I see three parts to it. Next time you ask God to forgive you, add a little something, something to it. Ready? Here's what it is. God, forgive me and lead me away. Lead me not into temptation. How do I know what my temptations are? Let me ask you this. What did you just ask for forgiveness for? That's what your temptations are. So don't stop at God forgive us. Say, God forgive us. Forgive me, and don't just stop there, God. Lead me away from those things that are tempting me that I just asked forgiveness for, and also deliver me completely from evil. Because a lot of times, I don't know, I've done this. Have you ever, let me see a show of hands of people who have asked God to forgive them something, but you still plan on doing it again anyway. Yeah, everybody else in here, you lying. So <laughs> we're going to pray for you. That's okay. We love you. It's all good. So look, God, forgive me. Lead me away. My father, the king, my provider is going to set me free. He's going to deliver me. So let's pray together. And I want to have, listen, if you're a visitor, you can kind of just sit back and uh, just pray, God, open your eyes and open your heart. We're glad that you came. You might have questions. God might even be drawing you. But I want to talk specifically to the church. Let's pray for our pastor. Maybe we can have some of the leaders come forward and pray. Some of the guys from our class, if you guys will come on and forward. Maybe we'd have some. You can pray in your seat, but I'd like to have some of the men in the church. If we could just pray for us. Maybe you want to pray for your wife or pray for your kids. And God, you're our father. And maybe we could just pray as a church. So come on, boys. Why don't you guys come on forward? Let's have some people. Let's pray as a church or we're going to be dismissed. But maybe uh, if you're a Sunday school teacher or a small group leader, could we just pray as a church? You say, this part makes me feel awkward. Why would you want to hear me talk about praying more than talk to God? You can just get down and let's just, let's just pray. Let's pray for our pastor. And why don't we just try to, this time, instead of just saying stuff and maybe listening to me, maybe would you do this? Would you just talk to God like he's listening? You could do it out loud. You could do it in your head. But would you do that because he is listening? And let's just try this. Let's just pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, God, as we all pray, you are our Father. And we want to honor your name. We praise you for being our helper, for being our shepherd, for being our defender, for being our hope. You're the God of hope. I pray that there's people in here who need comfort. I pray you'd fill them with all peace and joy in believing. 
You're our Father, God. We want to honor you. Forgive us, Lord, for not honoring you. God, you are our King, and we come to your throne that we could obtain mercy and grace for this church. We pray that your kingdom would come, that people would feel your presence here in the next hour and every time that they come. We pray that we would be in your will as a church. We pray you give our pastor wisdom. We pray you give him a special touch. We pray you uh, give him something to bring back to us. And God, I pray that for those in here in this church that are going through things, I pray you'd remind them that you're the king over their circumstances and over their enemies. And God, you're our provider. And there's people here today. We pray you would give us as a church our daily bread. We need something from you. We need, the people here need to get fed. The people in our classes and in our small groups and the main services, God, we need bread from heaven. We don't need something cooked up. We need something from heaven. God, please help us. Help the men in here, uh, God, with their, with their families. And uh, God, we pray that you would provide. If anybody here is not saved, show them, God. May they know that they can be forgiven, that you provided yourself a lamb, that you got holes in your hands for us touching things we never should have touched and holes in your feet for being places we never should have been. And, and holes in your head for us thinking things we never should touch. And God, you took our place. And God, thank you for providing us forgiveness. And we pray, God, that not just would you forgive us of our sins, but you would deliver us, God. Forgive us, lead us, and deliver us. God, deliver us from our pride and our vanity and our appearance. Forgive us for caring how we look to others more than how we look to you. God, forgive us for our envy, envying people who are more talented than us, more useful than us. Forgive us, deliver us, lead us from this. Forgive us and lead us, deliver us from being critical in our minds and with our mouths. Forgive us for unnecessarily speaking evil to people behind their backs. God, forgive us and deliver us as a church and lead us from lying and deceiving and cheating. Forgive us for having a form of godliness but not having a real relationship with you. Forgive us for our prayerlessness. Deliver us from these things. Lead us from it, from squandering our time and deliver us from just loving the things of this world more than loving you. Help us to get rid of the things that we'll, we'll be ashamed of. Forgive us and deliver us. Uh, help us fathers to love our wives as Christ loved the church and wives to love their husbands and to treat our spouses right. Forgive us for neglecting our children. Deliver us, forgive us, Lord, for ungratefulness, for our greed, for our lust. Help us, Lord, not to get uncontrollable. And God, we pray, we thank you that you're going to forgive us and deliver us and lead us away from these things. We're trusting you. Thank you for being an awesome father, for being our king, for being our good shepherd, of being our helper. And I pray that we all would have prayed and that you, we're trusting that things are going to be different in our lives. Teach us to pray, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.